What's up, everybody? How's it going? Welcome to THPS Podcast, episode number 20. My name is The Dode Man. We are very grateful and glad that you are here with us today. Thank you for taking your time. You have lots and lots of entertainment options out there, lots of places that you can be spending your time, and we really appreciate that you've chosen to spend your time here today with us. So, I would like to introduce my co-host, my partner in crime, uh, my friend, Freddie. Hey, Don man. Um, hello, everybody. This is Freddie. Um, I've been in and around the Tony Hawk community for quite some time. You may see me hanging around the THPSX server, and I'm really excited to be here with Dode today, start off a new era of the Tony Hawk's Pro Skater podcast. Awesome. We're, we're, we're glad to be here. Uh, yeah, as I said before, my name is the Dode Man, and uh, I as well, I've been around for quite a while. If you have anything uh, that you uh, would like to know or some more information or details about who I am or who Freddie is, you can check out the descriptions uh, that you can find uh, here on Twitch and our panels. Um, so... Yeah, so thank you again for joining us. So glad uh, to have you join us and be here and be a part of this today. So first of all, uh, we're going to take care of a couple of things before we introduce Slateman, our guest for today. Um, we're excited to have him. Just have a couple of pieces of housekeeping that we want to take care of. First of all, want to give a huge shout out to Slate or to uh, Mr. Freeze. Mr. Freeze started this podcast. He started with the concepts of it. Uh, we're super, super, super grateful to him for him paving the way, giving us the, the chance and the opportunity, and putting out 19 amazing episodes. If you haven't checked out those episodes, I encourage you to do so. We'll talk about where you can access all that content here in a minute. But uh, thank you to Mr. Freeze. You're awesome. Uh, we appreciate you. And uh, just uh, really, really uh, have a lot of gratitude uh, towards you for uh, laying and paving the groundwork here. Freddie, I know you had some thoughts as well. Yeah, absolutely. I want to echo those sentiments. Mr. Freeze, he uh, took a chance on starting something new, didn't know where it was going to go, and it ended up turning into something really special. So uh, props to Mr. Freeze. He had awesome consistency. I believe he put out 19 episodes in 19 weeks. Um, so thank you, Mr. Freeze, for this opportunity, and we look forward to taking it to the next level. Absolutely. <clears throat> cool. All right. Uh, so a couple of other things uh, that we want to uh, go ahead and get out of the way here. So uh, with new hosts, we're going to honor uh, a lot of the traditions and things that Mrs. Mr. Freeze established for the podcast. But of course, we're going to interject some of our own personality into this, uh, some of our own concepts and so forth and so on. So don't expect too many changes, but uh, just a couple of things just to start out with, just to, uh, as an introduction uh, as we are the new co-hosts here. So uh, the first item is uh, all the podcasts going forward are going to be bi-weekly. So I have a full-time job. Freddie has a full-time job. We have lives. We have uh, families. We have things that we need to attend to in our lives. And so we are going to do these bi-weekly going forward. We won't be doing them weekly. 
But, however, in saying that, we may have an occasional surprise episode. If something comes up or a guest that we just can't pass on might show up uh, midweek, we may uh, catch that and do something as a surprise. So look for those. But uh, bi-weekly, so our uh, next episode, and we'll talk about that more at the end of the podcast, it's going to be in two weeks uh, from today, um, and that's going to be February 23rd. But at any rate... Um, we are also, our goal uh, is to keep the podcast length between 60 to 90 minutes. Um, sometimes they can tend to go really long and everybody may not have the time or, or sometimes even the patience to sit through that length, you know, to sit through something that's four or five hours long. So we're going to try to keep them 60 to 90 minutes in length. Um, and then we'll be announcing our next guests at the end of every episode. So when we have uh, we we have a really really exciting uh, lineup of guests already committed to do the podcast with us, and um, we will make sure that those are announced well in advance, and uh, we'll try to announce the, the next guest at the end of the episode. Uh, we're going to keep uh, it open in the live chat here on Twitch. We're going to keep the option there for you guys to have questions for our guests there. Uh, at the end of the podcast. So we've got a lot going on. So we may not always be able to monitor chat as closely as maybe we'd like to be able to. Um, so we just want to let you guys know that. And then finally, the final thing I have, and then we're going to get into uh, uh, introducing Slateman and uh, having a great time there. But um, the final thing is uh, the podcasts now are now available via uh, full traditional podcast means. So once the podcast, the live episode happens, you can catch a replay of that on YouTube first for the video content, but then all the audio content is available now on both Spotify and iTunes. You can also get it on Google Podcasts. Links to all that information can be found and readily accessed um, in the panels here in the Twitch channel, and then also we'll have the, that information available on the YouTube channel so that you guys have no problem finding the, the content. So if you can't be there for the live episode, we welcome you to listen to and encourage you to listen to the replays. Whew. Okay. I think we've uh, got all the housekeeping out of the way, and so we're going to go ahead now, and I would like to... Uh, introduce our guest for today. His name is Slateman. Uh, in 1999, he founded Planet Tony Hawk, the world's first Hawk gaming website, and he's run numerous other sites since. In 2018, he published his first book, Tony Hawk's Gaming Domination, The Rise and Fall of the Tony Hawk Gaming Franchise. He's one of the first people to talk about the Tony Hawk's Pro Skater series on the internet, even ahead of the first demo. Planet Tony Hawk is one of the most recognized and well-respected websites covering both the games via reviews, interviews, walkthroughs, and more, but also had a vibrant online community of players via their discussion forums. He stuck with coverage of the series and kept the site up to date and running all the way through Pro Skater HD, so he made it through some crazy years there with ride and shred and we'll look forward to his his thoughts on there um and then uh his book is likely without question the single most comprehensive look at the series it covers every game from the first demo all the way through pro skater 5 every version including obscure versions such as flash based games engaged versions and more along with interviews fun facts and more and so it's with an extremely it's a, it's an extremely well put together look into this beloved series and is highly recommended for anyone who is a fan of this series. So 
Please welcome to the podcast today, Slateman. Slateman, are you there? I was thinking you could hear me. There Anything you are. <laughs> Hey, welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much for uh, joining us and taking the time to do this with us today. We really appreciate it. Thank you very much for the offer, the invite. Uh, it's pretty exciting. Yeah, for sure. <clears throat> let me do one thing really quick. Yeah, just let me know if my volume's too high or low, what, what, what you need. I think you sound good. Uh, yeah, I can hear you fine. <clears throat> yeah, same. All right. So we'll be uh, cutting in and out of, as we go through the questions, we'll be cutting in and out of the uh, the in-game content there on Thug Pro, and then we also have a lot of other stuff going on. Um, we're going to show some screenshots, we'll look at the book, and so forth and so on. All right, so we're going to start out with you, Slateman, here today. Uh, we're going to hit some general questions and some quick kits. And so kind of the idea is kind of a rapid fire through these. If you want to expound on any of them, please feel free to do. There's, there's no limit on this, uh, but... Anyway, uh, yeah, let's go ahead and get started. So, uh, number one, what is your favorite Tony Hawk game and why? That's uh, pretty much uh, an easy easy one. So, Tony Hawk 1 comes out. The thing is just like, I, I, nobody can believe what you're seeing, right? This is, the, this is groundbreaking. Tony Hawk 2 comes out, adds manuals, makes things like all the more bombastic and exciting. Tony Hawk 3 comes out, and I feel that it... it it kind of breaks things. I think things for after three, just they just get chaotic and crazy. I can say that because I'm not that great at the game. So, I mean, I'm sure at that point, uh, you know, I started to suck a lot more. But Tony Hawk's Pro Skater 2, oh, it's the sweet spot. It's got the nostalgia in my life. It's got, uh, it's, it's got everything. Two, absolutely, hands down, the best. I love it. And Slateman, um, uh, over the years, this community has generated uh, just a ton of videos from uh, the players that have existed for all the way from Tony Hawk 1 to all the way to Thug Pro. So my question to you is, do you have a favorite player that you've seen? Oh, so, so here's the thing, and, and I struggle with this because I, I know – Community is a big deal. Um, but when I started skating as a young kid, it was just me. You know, the, the sports I tended on liking, I, I played tennis, I was, I was a runner. They were just like the solitary thing. So for me, a lot of the experience was always just me. I, I still don't play multiplayer games. I play single-player campaigns and whatnot. So if I had to pick one thing, it would go way, way, way back to there was a guy named Cawthon, C-A-U-T-H-E-N, uh, Cawthon Cawthon. And he did oh, geez, whatever combo it was back in the first Tony Hawk's Pro Skater in the warehouse. And it was it was one of those mind-blowing things that if you saw that video, you could still check it out, I'm sure, in low-res glory. It was <laughs> outrageous. And I found, uh, particularly you look at Tony Hawk's Pro Skater 4 and onwards, the combos just went on forever. I felt it lost that, that holy shit moment that, whoa, you just did that? And yeah. so... I think we called it the mother combo. I don't know what it was, but that's 1999-2000. That thing is outrageous, and it remains the, the greatest thing I think I'd ever seen. 
Nice. I have actually heard of Cawthon. I can't remember if I played online with him, um, but I've seen many uh, of his videos as well. There's a uh, there's a guy in the community named Mio67 on the Delphi forums, which I know you're familiar with, but uh, he put together a compilation of videos, uh, short videos that were from uh, really early era, and um, I know Cawthon was included on some of those. I'll have to dig that up. Um, yeah, that's well said. That's good. I just felt that they had a flair that that was a bit lost in later games. Yeah, there's definitely um, uh, something to be said for the style. You know, nowadays uh, there's always this conversation about uh, there's a lot of uh, uh, improv versus style versus uh, what we call tr uh, point whoring or we just call it whoring. You know, there's kind of this dialogue that happens about that. But back then, yeah, you just knew when it was out of this world and really, really amazing. So. All right. So, um, did you play? Did you play any of the games online very much? I know you said you stated there that you you kind of grew up skating by yourself and did a lot of stuff solo and whatever. Did you play three or four or Thug or any of them online very much? It was three, definitely three, four, and Thug were the ones that 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 was the beginning of it all. So I would pop in, and then again, you would see these people that were just crushing it, outrageous things. And uh, from a competitive standpoint, I was like. I, I, I'm out of here, man. There's, there's no, <laughs> there's no reason even to compete. Um, sure. <laughs> but again, I, that, that was my thing. I, I was more of the solitary guy. I wasn't gr I was good. I was good. I was never great. And so I just do would dive into, to editing web pages and doing guides and doing, you know, uh, things of that nature and let other people kind of handle the community portion of it. Sure. Great. Um, so thinking about those three games that you mentioned, three, four, Thug, when you would pop in and play a few games, what was your favorite online game mode? And I was more just like a free skate type guy. I would do we you would do the old school graffiti stuff, but but then you'd play around and and I'm, I'm sure you're familiar. Uh, and then you know the time would run out and all of a sudden some guy would steal every friggin' piece <laughs> you had. So, you know, I was like, all right, well, that was fun. So I didn't care. I just want to skate around and yeah, check people out. And, and yeah. but I, I didn't really have a favorite at that point. Oh, interesting. So that segues into the next question. Did you have a least favorite online game mode? Is there something uh, that you played not. that was just dumb? Okay. <laughs> uh, probably not. I know when, when uh, underground two, that things started getting a little haywire. Uh, with just the nonsense, you oh, know, yeah. throwing tomatoes and all that. I, I'm not sure when that started. Yeah, yeah, no, that's about right. Um, the, the time frame is about perfect. That that would uh, probably be pretty well uh, accepted as the correct answer that Underground 2, yeah. the, the shenanigans ended up being a little uh, more over the top than a lot of people cared for. So, yeah. I'll be honest. I, I actually preferred Underground 2. Uh two, three, four, or underground. I, f I found that was a more fun game. I don't know. Maybe it was a level design or something like that, or the style or the aesthetic. I'm not sure what it was. Oh, interesting hot take uh, there. <laughs> three, three really broke my heart. One and two were just the greatest things ever made, and three came out, and I, I, I hated it. I absolutely hated three. Really? For <laughs> many years, three. I thought four was a little better. I thought underground was a little better. I thought underground two was a little better. Uh, but... And only when I went back and wrote the book did I say, you know, four wasn't as well, – I think three is better than four. But back then, man, oh, I, I hated three. 
Why did you hate it? That's I prefer interesting. There was something about it, you know. You, there was there was. A, this sounds stupid. Like there's an innocence about uh, you know playing Venice Beach and and Tony Hawk's Pro Skater too. There was only so much you can do. Sure. I felt three is when they just started building lines everywhere, literally everywhere. So you could just go on forever. And I and I hated that fact that that creativity was now just almost like spamming buttons. Like uh, there's going to be a line anywhere I go. There's going to be something. Yeah. Uh, there was something about it. Um, That's interesting. I, I actually, pref- I preferred the the. Uh, this is stupid, but I preferred the PlayStation One version over the NeverSoft one. Uh, you know, secretly, I never told anybody that. But, you know, <laughs> I felt it was more true to the the old school stuff, if that makes sense. Oh, totally does. Yeah. Wow, that's really interesting. Uh, I I hear what you're saying. I mean, definitely in later games, I felt the same. Where it seemed like the combo lines were kind of hand fed to you. And so it was didn't take a lot of creativity to really express yourself to, you know, come up with an amazing combo. But I think that's where a lot of the the conversation around improv started, where people would be like, okay, yeah, there's the obvious line to skate here. There's the really, you know, it's it's easy to see where you can go, how this was intended to be laid out. But then to really get creative and express yourself in a way that you never thought of, you can transfer in a way that you wouldn't have imagined. Um, that's where I think people just kind of gave up on just those standard lines. And I think that's when you look at, at Calthen, Calthen's, you know, video from the warehouse in Pro Skater 1. I, I didn't know that was possible. Yeah. Like I, he, I think he bounced backwards and he starts going the other way. I was like, "Holy crap!" So now, what stage are we on right now? I I can't even remember in Thug Pro. What, what are we? Where are we? We are in San Diego. This is in uh, this is from Underground One. So when I look at this level, I feel like it's all spoon fed to you. Like I, I look <laughs> all, you know. <laughs> All Does right. that make sense? Yeah, totally. Absolutely. Yeah. So totally. by way of comparison, let's jump back to two, and let's look at let's look at Marseille. I don't know if I'm so sure. This was that. from the demo. This was, this one was outrageous, because this came out on that demo that they this they had and they had that tournament that competition. Yep. Uh, oh man, this is, you know <laughs> I'm going to be one of those guys. Uh, I'm sure your younger listeners are like, oh my god, it's one of these old people who's just like <laughs> the old days. So, um, quick question about Cawthon. Uh when he released that combo video. Was that on like some type of forum? How did he distribute that video? I don't even remember. Yeah, you'd share these low res videos back then. Uh, I know I hosted it on my site. Who knows how we did it? I don't even know. <laughs> but it, it also made the discovery of it that much more, you know, spectacular, right? Yeah, because so, there was there was no uh, there was no YouTube, of course, back then. Slateman, you're probably looking at your book. One of the few people that has truly played every version of Tony Hawk on every console or handheld. Um, Could could you tell us from all the versions of Tony Hawk, what your number one favorite level was? Oh, I see. You'd you'd written this and I I was kind of going over the questions beforehand and I don't really know if I have an answer for that one. Um, You know, I used to love school too, but I don't know. I don't know how, I, I really don't know. I, again, it's it's almost certainly from the first two state, you know, the first two games. Yeah, that's fair. <laughs> um, the next, I never, I never had a, a, a perfect, you know, no. 
Go ahead. I'm sorry. No, you're fine. No, no worries at all. Yeah, that's uh, it's always hard to pick, and that's always a topic of controversy. I think you know I could probably pick favorite levels from each game. I do have a favorite level of all time myself, but it, it's it's a tough question for sure. <clears throat> oh, tell us. I, I'm I'm sure your your listeners want to know what oh, that is. Oh gosh, yeah, it came up on my podcast. Mine is uh, my favorite level is is Alcatraz from from four. Four. Yeah. It's a great level. That's pretty good. Yeah, and the reason I like it is because it's got it's just got such height and depth to it. You know, you can get all the way on top of the jail cell, all the way down to the to the ferry boat, and you know, it's just uh, I just love it. So stuff. Yeah. Uh, so let's see. I think you, Freddie. Freddie, do you have you have a favorite? I'm sorry to interrupt. No, no worries. Uh, mine's not very far off from Dodes. I would say my favorite would be San Francisco from Tony Hawk Four. Um, looking at it from a King of the Hill capture the flag standpoint, it's it's probably the ideal level. I mean, the spawns are perfectly spaced out. Uh, we've we've had so many great games on that level. I have to say that's my favorite. Yeah. Uh, let's see. I think you've already answered this, uh, but uh, you can change it if you want to. But uh, your favorite video that you've seen for any of the any of the games, any any of the uh, titles. Is it the Cotham video? Oh, so like, oh god, it just—I don't think any of them was as as impactful. Sure. You know, I, you know, and again in the old days, it was just sharing these these. They, they were terrible. Like they were really low res videos. Um, so we we actually hosted a site called Jed's Videos. Yeah. I'd forgotten about this, and uh, and he had just been putting up videos. This is twenty one, two, maybe into three, and then and then who knows what happened after that. Yeah. But again, I think those early day videos, other, they they really just stood out because it was holy cow! That's you know this person really put a lot of thought into it. But that's not to say the guys in the later games didn't, you know. That's interesting. These, I forgot like about Jed's videos too. Videos. I've, I've definitely heard of Jed's videos. That's I I had forgotten about it until you just said it. <clears throat> yeah, um, I, but still, still the best one ever. Definitely that mother combo. I'm gonna have to look that up. Just yeah, me that's, too. That's, so that's so crazy. There's a there's a couple of big YouTube channels. There's one called THPS Videos. He's got um, Seawalker. Isn't that right, Freddie? Seawalker is the Seawalk. Um, that's correct. Yeah. I believe he just celebrated ten years of his channel being open. Yeah, he's got like a lot of followers, like eight thousand followers or something on his channel, and he's got a very comprehensive collection, everything from the very early stuff until uh until today. There's videos still being produced today, if you can believe it, Slateman. Spectacular. And you know so right now I, I live in Italy and um and we really just don't like it here. But <laughs> the thing is they've got they've got you know, there are statues, there are fountains, there are ruins. This stuff is everywhere, yeah. but there's no money and no interest to preserve it. Yeah. They're, they're just all in decay and they're spray painted and stuff. And everybody looks at Italy and they say, oh, it's glorious, right? Mm. But a lot of it's kind of falling apart. And there's there doesn't seem to be a lot of pride in preservation. Of course, it, it has to do with money as well. Sure. So the fact that there's there's still a video, a, a video site or there's a site that's 10 years old now, that means it started in 2010. Like we all know, by in 2010, uh, those are kind of the dark ages of, of Tony Hawk's Pro Skater. You know <laughs> oh, what I mean? Without question. Well, the Tony Hawk franchise. <laughs> so somebody started it then, and they're still doing it. I think that's friggin' spectacular. Yeah, 
It's wild. <laughs> Shout out to Seawalk. Yes, for sure. That's um, amazing. Now, is there anybody in the Tony Hawk landscape that you would like to see on this podcast going further? Well, I As know. A, um, <clears throat> I know. Um, he's got a big uh, person coming on in a couple weeks. Um, who's currently making a film. I don't know if this is a secret or anything like this. <laughs> That's all right. You're giving a little sneak peek here. <laughs> Uh, I think that that's a great that's another person to kind of carry the torch in the in the later years and and one of your questions to me was about some old school faces some old names and and I gotta admit I I kind of flake on this stuff I'm trying to think of old MSN messenger ICQ AOL messenger and, and when I deleted them all I remember seeing these faces and being like oh my god this is so long ago yeah I mean you're talking <laughs> 10 15 years ago so um again I don't know enough about the community now to really answer your question there Freddie. Uh you know whoever is running this uh video site for 10 years I'm sorry I've already forgotten the name. Those are the people who should be on this type of show, right? Yeah. Yeah, and that's the goal going forward. I forgot to mention that. The goal is to try to to have a good mix of uh people that are playing the game today and people that are still a part and uh, in the community. But we also Part of part of the goal I know Mr. Free set out to, and, and it resonates with me and Freddie, I believe you as well, is we do want to preserve the history of it as well. We think that that's important. Um, it's just really a good uh, – it's a, it's a good thing to be able to look at where we came from so that we can understand how we got here and pay honor and, and uh, homage to that I just think is really, really good. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, um there's a lot of people that have come and gone in this community and everybody has their own story to tell. And uh, me and Dode kind of want to put a spotlight on maybe some of those people that are lesser known or maybe shine a different perspective on um, things that have taken place in the past uh, just to kind of give a new insight, if you will, to the current community. Well, I, you know, of course, going to the past is great. I think it's spectacular. But, yeah, just as important, more important are the people who have been doing things in the last five years, people who are really keeping the thing moving forward. That's that's a really good insight there. Appreciate you uh, you saying that. <laughs> it uh, it confirms my uh, my desire to make sure there's a good mix here, not just uh, uh, old folks. I think – I think your plan is spectacular. I think it's a great idea. Cool. Thank you so much. We hope uh, we do it well. Uh, let's see. So final question in the quick hits category. Uh, do you have out of every game, everything that you've played, what would be your favorite technique or mechanic or trick? Whatever you want to call it. I mean, obviously the series over the course of all the titles. I mean, by the time we got to Proving Ground, we had nail the trick, nail the manual, nail the grab as mechanics, you know, but then the simplistic, you know, with just doing regular skateboard moves. Do you have a favorite one? Uh, well, so, yeah, I remember when I was writing the book, I was kind of going through what features were added to each game. Uh, the nail trick did look great. Proving Ground had that the, the push technique, which made you go faster, which mm -hmm. I friggin' loved at the time because <laughs> I thought Project 8 was uh, so slow. Yeah. But if you go back to the beginning, you got the first one. You got two. You've got your manual redefined everything. Three had um, three had the revert, right? Yep. Three was, and that was the redefinition. Four was what spine transfers and level out, 
and I felt like the, the importance of them was kind of waning, right? Um, underground, you got off your deck. I, I never understood get off your deck. I, I'm trying to skate, but that made the combos even more uh, bombastic. I felt that the revert was the one thing that, that went, again, to, I'm sorry, to hate on Tony Hawk's Pro Skater 3 a bit more. <laughs> it, it, it made it, it was too much. So the manual is, was it. Then the manual came, it just changed everything. Tony Hawk 1, your combo ends. Tony Hawk 2, oh, it keeps going. Uh, so that was my favorite game mechanic just because, I mean, it, it, it redefined everything without going too far. Favorite trick. I don't know if this is part of your question. No, that's fine. Heel flip, varial lean. The heel flip, varial lean is the best looking move. I don't know what it is about it. Just, (laughs) (laughs) is that, let's see, is that, is that a special trick? That you have to no, map. it was just a. I don't think so. It was Can just a grab trick. One? It was like a kickflip to Indy in the old days, but it was a heel, heel flip, varial, lean grab. Just nice. I don't know. There's something that looks so great about it. I love it. Yeah. Can you do one in this game or no? And what? A, uh, I don't know. Let's see. Okay. Let's see. Look around. <laughs> I don't know. I don't. It's so stupid, but it was like my favorite looking. Favorite no, looking not move. stupid at all. I mean, one of my favorite tricks is Misty Flip. It's super simple, but it just looks really good, especially in Tony Hawk 4. Tony Hawk 4's Misty Flip yeah, is got... just absolute butter. <clears throat> That's great. Uh, in terms of moves, I'll just I'll just keep going. So sure. you, everybody knows the 900, 1999 900, but Tony Hawk put out a video, I think it was the first Birdhouse video called The End. Mm-hmm. Um. And actually, that's where the bull ring came from, right? Yep. Uh, and there was one move. He does a 720. I think it's a 720 barrel. Oh, it's just the, it's, it, it is. If you, if you watch his clip from that, and it's the last move he does. Just outrageous. Just so good. <laughs> it's interesting you mentioned that. I actually just listened to you this week. I hadn't caught all, I caught pieces of it, but I listened to the full uh, interview that Tony Hawk did with the Nine Club on the a YouTube channel, and he talks about what you just said. He talks about you know the the video of the end, and that's where the bull ring came from. And I, I think I knew that at one time, but I had forgotten. So interesting um, that you brought that up. <clears throat> you know. <laughs> Spectacular! Yes, the, the move is in this game. I just I just found it here. Oh, nice! He did. Um, and before that, I'm going to go back and then I'll stop with the history lesson. Oh, no, keep it, keep it up. Bones Brigade, <laughs> Bones Brigade Four. I think three three was Animal Chin, yep. the greatest skating video ever. Yep. Four was called Ban This. Yep. I think it was Ban This. And during his now this is like nineteen ninety ish or something. Everything is like neon pink and stuff. And uh I don't know what it is. I think he does I used to think it was a, a no handed McTwist, but it might just be like backside five forty or whatever it was. Slow motion, oh I could watch that forever. Those those are my two favorites. <laughs> so it sounds just, like just you spectacular. It sounds like you really just resonate with stuff that what mimics real life stuff and you maybe didn't like as much of the really over the top like you said bombastic combos as you call them you like the stuff that was a little more pure and true to kind of what you could do in skateboarding in real life 
I think so, but then then I would have absolutely loved Project Eight, and I thought uh, I didn't <laughs> me, right? Yeah, that's a good point. Which, Interesting. Um, which which one was it? Four or Underground? Or underground two? We do the Mick Twist over the the helicopter. It's Underground one. One I of those three. Tampa. I don't know. That would be thug, right? Yeah. The story yeah. mode. Yeah. That that was pretty cool. I gotta admit, <laughs> <laughs> that sounds about right. Let's see. Speaking of that, we'll change level for change of scenery really, really quick. All right, Slate Man, we're getting ready here to dive into some more specific questions for you. So, uh, um, first off, I want to start with uh, when people talk about the f- absolute first point of ever playing Tony Hawk. Most players cite the Pizza Hut demo, so I want to ask you, what was your absolute first experience playing THPS? Okay, so th- this is easy. So I started skating probably the late 80s, 89, maybe it was definitely 89. And um, I, and my first deck I bought was a Tony Hawk Claw. So he was he was the man. I watched all these Bones Brigade movies. He was just I, I thought he was the greatest, right? And of course I'm a big video gamer like like us all. And so nineteen ninety nine comes around and you hear the rumor that there's a video game and it's Tony Hawk. And it was yeah, I I'm on board. I'm on board, you know, a hundred percent. And so yeah, it was the jam pack demo. It was um it was one of those uh, the early official Sony demos that they were able to start packaging on CDs. Was that released um, with a magazine? Under- that, um, oh, I think it was like a, I think it was just a $5 demo disc. Oh, huh. if I, if I remember correctly. And cause I never went to pizza Hut to get a demo. I'll be honest with you, but I tried to catalog all that stuff for the site and there were a bunch back then, but yes, that was it. There were what? Two skaters. You were in uh, the warehouse and you listen to Primus 500 times <laughs> that summer because you just kept replaying it. Yep. There's no question that was it and I was absolutely sold. I couldn't believe none of us could believe how how spectacular that was. I resonate with that 100%. I had the jam packed demo as well. I didn't do Pizza Hut. I'm right there with you. I actually didn't know about the game though before it was released, so that's where we're different um in that respect, but as soon as I played it, I played it at a friend's house. I was hooked. That was it. And I bought a PlayStation 1 just for that reason. I didn't even have a console at the time. But just because it was so good and so spectacular, it was, uh, yeah, for sure. Yeah, so, like, I think, you know, you had you had mentioned that another question might be about prior skateboarding games. Oh, they existed here or there. There was, you know, I tried to put them in the book, some historical things. But I don't think any of us really – there weren't any deep skateboarding games. It was California games. There was 720, right? Yep. That, that was pretty cool. Um, you know, but it was good for what it was. I didn't absolutely love Tony Hawk's Pro Skater. When, the second we saw that, I, I, I don't know about you. I don't know about anybody else. That just changed everything. Oh, 100%. I, I, I couldn't even envision this world. And that that's I think that's why it was so groundbreaking because, you know, there was just simply nothing like it before. 100% agree. 
No doubt in my mind. I agree with you. Uh, yeah, I had played them as well. I had played Skate or Die. I had played uh, Town and Country. I don't even know if TNC Surf and Skate See. came out before, <laughs> yeah. but I think it did. Um, I mean, I was playing skateboarding games all the way back on the Commodore 64, you know, so, and then 720 was cool with the stuck joystick to the side that went in a circular motion, you know, in the arcade. But, oh, man, as soon as Tony Hawk, as soon as I saw that demo, yeah, absolutely changed everything, completely changed the face of skateboarding games for for the rest of time yeah and then there was um oh my gosh can't believe i'm forgetting it, the arcade game um top skater that yeah top skater it was cool but it was that that flashy ridiculous thing yeah it, it didn't have that that freedom of creativity and that's i think what what the franchise really succeeded in in all those decades was just that creativity you're not on rails you're doing whatever you want you're remapping your tricks you're setting what uh respawn points and oh it was, it was great <laughs> absolutely it was freedom yeah totally yeah i agree uh let's see <clears throat> So, uh, well, you, I, I don't even need it. I, let's just continue to move on. Freddie, why don't you hit your next question? Because my next question we already covered. Yes. Um, okay, so Slateman, um, can you kind of describe for us uh, what your early relationship was between uh, Neversoft and how they sort of got in touch with the online community of players, maybe through the Delphi forums? Yeah, so... Um... So what had happened was the demo comes out, and I, and I decide to write a little guide for it because I thought it was cool, and you had a couple little secret tricks in there because they didn't tell you how to do the special moves and whatnot. So I write a little guide, and, and then you find the, this, this, this Delphi forums, and, you know, it was a bunch of, bunch of us kind of banding together. I don't know how many of us there were. And all of a sudden, every, every so often, in pops the, these Neversoft guys, and, you know, they're giving you kind of insight into things while asking your opinion. Now, I was, you know, my early 20s by this point, uh, but that was the freaking coolest thing I had ever seen in my life. Like, w the developers want to know what, what you want to know. <laughs> uh, nowadays, you know, there, there's a lot more correspondence. But until then, in the 90s, you know, game companies made their games and, and that was it. So they would pop in every once in a while. And I spoke a lot with uh, Ralph D'Amato, D'Amato. Um, Chris Roush was there and every once in a while they would just pop in ask you some stuff say you know what do you think about this and of course we're all fanboys and we're thrilled about the whole thing but they really seem to take a lot of input in uh, because again you didn't have YouTube you didn't have any way to share anything and you could say hey you know I just did all this stuff and I got I got stuck on the scoreboard in the demo and they, and they were like oh I didn't know you can do that you know so we, you were kind of beta testers um, but they would, they would just come in and, and I think this is important because later on Activision would buy them out. And I remember this is about Tonics three, Tonics Pro Skater three or four. And then Activision says, all right, pretty much, you know, you've got to limit what you say because now what Neversoft says, says, I'm sorry, reflects on Activision. But before then they were just uh, this rogue company. They could do whatever the hell they wanted. And That's pretty awesome. cool. Hmm. Because they could come in, they could just chat with you, they can ask you what you think and, and you know, give you some input and, and they didn't reflect on anybody else. Does that make sense? Yeah, totally. Yeah. So, totally. 
to clarify that a little bit further, so they were an independent, ga uh, independent game studio, and Activision was just the publisher. But then after three, it sounds like they were actually bought. The studios was purchased and then managed and run by Activision. Is that is that accurate? I'm pretty sure. I, I can't recall that specifics. I'm, I'd have to kind of flip through this book here in front of me to kind of figure <laughs> out what it was. Yeah. Um, but that sounds about right. That um, I, I'm pretty sure. I don't know if they they bought them or they. You know how how exactly that worked, um, but yeah, you know, at first, Neversoft was a studio. Activism said, "Hey, we want a game," and and so they were. I think they were a lot freer to do. I know they were a lot freer to do things um, back in those early days, which means they could say kind of more stuff, and um, and it was fun. Again, for us gamers, we just loved it. Every once in a while, they'd pop in, give you some info, give you some tips. It was freaking cool. Yeah. Just a quick side question: uh, Had you ever heard of NeverSoft's work before Tony Hawk? Like before you? I remember, uh, I remember Apocalypse, Apocalypse coming out, and I think they did was, oh, was it MDK or some other acronym game? Um, I had never played either one, so I, I didn't really know much of, of either, to be honest. Nice. Uh, so let's see. So. Um... How long was your first uh, uh, Tony Hawk web page? Uh, and we're going to look at it here uh, in the chat. And it's THPS online. <clears throat> How long was that online right here via the archive? Uh, how long was um, that online before you did Planet okay. Tony Hawk? No, that's okay. So, yeah. So I, I kind of tried to look through this history because, man, this is a long time ago. So yeah. summer 99, I make my first website. And March of 01, Planet Tony Hawk launches. So at some point in there, which is really only a year and a half now that I look about it, back then it felt like an eternity. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, I had a couple companies approach me. They say they want to kind of host the site. Um, some members in the community really felt like I sold out, like I, I should have been able to do this independently. Um, and... IGN or GameSpy at the time before they joined IGN had a site called Sport Planet. Uh, they would eventually become the Planet sites, and there were tons of them. And so I was hosted <laughs> underneath Sport Planet. So this is sometime in probably mid to late 2000, probably after two, after Tony Hawk's Pro Skater 2 came out. Hmm. And so I had uh, THPS Online or whatever site I, I, I had called it. They had designed me you know, a quick little site. And in March of 2001, it became Planet Tony Hawk. Nice. Very interesting. Um, so I was reading through your book, and there's a section where you spoke about the perfect storm for success in which the first Tony Hawk's Pro Skater game would see great success after the summer of 1999 with Hawks 900 at the X Games, the growing following of skateboarding, and the technological advancements of 3D gamings. As a skateboarder yourself, what was your reaction when Hawk first landed the 900 and the fact that Neversoft was able to implement this iconic trick into the game before it hit shelves only three months later? Oh, the, the story goes that Neversoft, like, he, he lands his trick, and then I'm not sure who asked whom, but, you know, they're like, we need to get this in the game. And they're like, well, the game's pretty much done. So, and they're like, no, we need to get this in the game. And Neversoft was, was, was known for, you know, working their asses off. These guys, you know, you watch all the videos and you see them goofing off and crashing and bailing and having fun. But, like, 
they worked friggin' hard and um, they worked long hours and, and, and did their work. So it's no surprise that they got it in there. Um, but it, it really was, it was a perfect time. Like you, you look at the history of skateboarding and it was big. And then it, then it really, it, it, it diminished in the nineties for, for a long time. It just, it wasn't a, you know, a popular, you know, quote unquote fad or something like that. And 99 comes around. Okay. And all of a sudden there are a bunch of games. Tony Hawk lands this move that you know, nobody thought was ever possible. You know, he landed the first 540. He landed the first 720. And so all of a sudden he's trying. It, it was just like, I don't know. It was. It was a perfect storm. It was just it was just a magical time. So, and of course, you know, I'm I'm where I am in my life. I make a stupid website. Website gets picked up and it was it was just magical for me. I think it was it was a, a big time for gamers. I don't, I don't know. It was it was pretty freaking spectacular. Yeah, for sure. So, I I believe you already said this, but you were a skateboarder yourself. You did. You said you skated by yourself. So you had to just be blown away that not only did he land it, but now now I can do this trick in the game too. Talk about that. What was what was? How did that kind of make you feel? Well, that was cool. I mean, of course, everybody wanted to do it, but I think everybody, all the other skaters were just as, as awesome. You got Alyssa Steamer in there. You got, I used to skate as Jeff Rowley a lot. Yeah. Um, you know, you, you pick your moves. I'm a goofy-footed skater, so you, you want to pick somebody who's goofy-footed. I prefer vert skating, so you pick somebody with, with those tricks. Um, and then as the later games, of course, come, you can kind of customize everything. Um, the 900 w- was cool, but the rest of the game just – Holy, all this stuff! Oh my gosh, it, it was just like. I, I think in retrospect, if you, it, it's hard to appreciate because you just have lists of moves. But yeah. man, <laughs> each one of those were the animations were like this is incredible. I don't know. <laughs> no, that's really good. It's it's so funny. You're really like causing me a throwback because I play. I haven't played one or two or really three for a very long time. And you forget about how important like the street aspect versus the vert aspect was and all of that, because now I guess we just play the game and we kind of adopt our, our own style. And it's, it's, it doesn't matter if it's street or vert cause it's all intermingled, you know? So it's, it's, it, it's throwing me back pretty big. <laughs> I love it. Well, yeah. Cause you, you didn't have a creative skater until two, I think. Right. right? Uh, yeah. My um, name, yeah. And two, that was a big deal at the time. You know, you had like five different heads to choose from and, and whatnot. Yeah. But in Tony Hawk's Pro Skater 1, you just had your character. You picked your character, right. and, and and that was your persona. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> before you could bust bust your open your own head. For sure. <laughs> so, Slateman, um, next question. Uh, were you ever aware that there existed an online community of players – well, after the decline of the series, a community that creates videos, competes in contests, and pushes the gameplay boundaries, creating new techniques with regards to improv and style, all the way to this day on Thug Pro. And uh, second part of the question, were you ever part of such communities outside of Delphi in Planet Tony Hawk, say TXO maybe? 
Well, again, I, I was very much the hermit of it all, and I was fortunate <laughs> enough that when when Planet Honeyhawk became big, I had a bunch of people were involved, and they said, "Hey, we want to handle this. Hey, we want to be moderators. Hey, we want to do this." And I was like, "All right, you do that, and I'll just do this the, the content stuff behind the scenes." Um, so. I know, of course, that this stuff has existed. This, this is spectacular. Um, but where, let me see. But I, I never really dove into it as much. And and part of that goes back to kind of the demise of the website in 2012. I think we'll probably hit upon that a bit. Um, and I think I got a little burnout towards the end, uh, particularly because, you know, the games, they, they struggled at the end. Um was always very much far removed from the community, which probably seems pretentious and and, and off, off, you know, off putting or something like that. Uh, but again, I, it was always a solitary thing for me, and so I've appreciated the fact that people have been doing it. Every once in a while, you, you take a peek and you're like, "Holy crap!" People are still doing this, still doing this. Um, and Thug Pro itself is the single greatest. I really think it's the single greatest thing that happened to the the pro skate, the Tony Hawk community in its history because it just allows such freedom. It brings everybody online into a one cohesive place rather than you playing for and you playing underground and you playing something else and trying to find fixes between all of them. Um, Thug Pro has everything. It, it, I, it's, it's perfect. Unless of course you don't like underground two's engine, but whatever that you've got a place that everybody can meet up. You can't ask for more. Yeah, that's that's a really good point. It's interesting that you call yourself the hermit of it all, and uh, there's some. Uh, it kind of that's what ended up happening. I'm sure you know, uh, Thug X Online and Benson. I, I'm sure you guys would have had to have met or said hello or something yeah. at, at some point yeah. along the line. But uh, he kind of became that way too, and he did an episode of the podcast, and I was I was able to co-host with that with Mr. Freeze. But anyway, we talked about that a little bit, and same kind of story. He really got he kind of got burnt out towards the end, and I helped with some of the HTML and CSS and moderating and whatever else on that site. And he uh, he would talk about you know it would almost just be he he would almost hate it when we'd come to him and say hey can you do this or can you do that because he was just kind of burnt out and just really was kind of you know didn't deal with it he never played online he towards the end you know he just kind of was pretty far removed from it all so yeah it's it's a it's a weird thing you know uh i think i think you need both camps yeah. i think you need the people to just kind of do do that back end work and you need people up front to keep the community going keep people excited keep, keep people communicating uh i was never really that person unfortunately um <laughs> But who cares? As long as other people exist, yeah, for sure. Doing it—that's that, what matters. Yeah, I love it. So, uh, some of the most beloved series for is the Activision O2 line of stuff um, that Activision put out. Um, do you have any idea how far along, like, development on Sean? Palmer's Pro Snowboarder 2 was before being canceled. Um, there was a promotional video for the game, featured gameplay and so forth. And then you, you talk about this a little bit in your book, but then, you know, do you have any idea when Activision decided to rebrand Travis Pastrana's Pro Moto X to just MTX Moto Tracks? Do you have any insight into kind of that O2 era? The O2 line launched in, um, uh, where was it? In May of 2001. 
And June 2003, which is 25 months later, they had they had released 46 different games. Uh, there were 16 development studios, there were 13 platforms, and there were eight actual titles. It was just market saturation. They had they had gone, you know, way too far. And so nowadays you can do it. You can keep issuing uh, Call of Duty games because people keep buying them. But 46 games in 25 months is is just wild. And uh, so no, I don't. I am not familiar with those two because. Oh my gosh, it was impossible to keep up with that stuff on top of Tony Hawk games. Definitely. <laughs> Let's see. Now, um, next question, Slate Man. Uh, I wanted to see if you could please describe for us your experiences visiting the actual Neversoft Studios for the first time and also your experiences attending the various E3 conventions that you had gone to the over the years. Oh, all right. So I make I'm a, I'm a you know a college kid who who makes a stupid website uh, based on a video game, and all of a sudden the net, the the developers are talking to you online, um, and next thing you know you have some some big name website conglomerates saying, hey, we want to host your stuff. All you got to do is is updates i'm like okay this sounds great and next thing you know uh they they want to fly you out to neversoft studios so from a from a gamer's perspective this is this is the coolest thing that has ever happened in my life okay plain and simple so they i go out to neversoft studios and you know i would ask you guys what do you think neversoft was like and i think my first year was 2002 what do you think they were like back then um, they look just judging from the unlockable videos. It looks like they had a ton of fun in the studios. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, these, these guys were just down to earth, you know, regular Joe's that, that had excellent programming experience and, 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 and a good, uh, front man. You know what I mean? They were, they were exactly what you think they would be. You know, yeah. they, they sat down, they, they busted ass, they got their stuff done and then, they, they they brought me out. They said, oh, let's go get, grab a beer, and we, we chatted and, and had lunch. It was, you know, you go through the studios, and you see all these computers everywhere. I saw where they did the motion capture stuff, and it was exactly what you, you envision it to be, except, you know, it, it was – everybody was really cool. They were they were awesome to me. They were very polite and friendly. They they appreciated the, my what I had done for them, you know, by, by doing websites and whatnot, keeping the word going. It was it was just the coolest stuff, and every person I had met there was was kind and polite and and professional, uh, but but really chill and really cool. Did you did you visit them when they were at the? So you must have. What year did you visit? I'm curious if you. I'm can pretty remember. sure my first year was 2002. I went to, I was able to go to E3 a couple of years in a row, nice. and I'm pretty sure they flew me out there for underground. I can't remember now. Let's see. A nine, something like that. Nice. I went to come. <clears throat> You'd enter the studio. They had a big Spider-Man statue in there. Yep. You know, they had spray paint things on the walls, for, you know, mimicking, uh, you know, underground. Uh, yeah, it must have been underground. I know it was. Uh, they had, you know, all the accolades on the walls and and uh, and and I don't know. It was it was the coolest mix of, of professionalism and laid back. Yeah. If that makes sense. 
It totally does. So I got to go as well. They flew me down ahead of Proving Ground, um, myself and another admin of one of the TXO sites named Bungle. And uh, we got the opportunity. So they flew us down. Same deal, exact same experience. We had a beer at the pool uh, parlor that they all talked about, you know, later on. Um, got to meet Joel, got to meet tons of developers. They were super interested to hear our feedback on the games. And we got to demo Proving Ground ahead of it. And everything you described is exactly how I remember it, too. Statues of Spider, uh, Spider-Man and whatever. And then for that event, they had Ardo Sari come out and skate. And they had Mullen show up, and he skated. Um, so it was really cool. One of the best things I've ever gotten to experience uh, being a fan of the series as well. So it's cool to hear your experience the same. (laughs) All right. Well, let's do this folks. Um, We're going to see if we can line him up for another episode. We'll call it part two. So Freddie, if you want to go ahead and talk about and introduce who our next guest is going to be, we'll go ahead and do it that way. Yes, so in two weeks, um, Sunday, February 23rd, we have scheduled a, the second guest to be Satin for our podcast. Satin is an amazing content creator, well-known for creating some of the best custom levels Thug Pro has to offer, and we're excited to have him on as a guest. Yeah, greatly looking forward to that. I'm sure many of you uh, are familiar with Satin's work. We'll talk to him Um uh, and get his take on his uh, creative process and so forth and so on. I think it's going to be a great episode. We'll definitely take a uh, we'll definitely take a tour through some of his uh, parks as well, or not just parks. I shouldn't call them parks. They're better than parks. <laughs> <laughs> so at any rate, all right. Well, guys, really appreciate everybody's support here today. We're gonna see if we can get Slate Man back on for a part two. So um, if you all can join us, we would really appreciate your support. And thank you so much for stopping by. We'll see you soon.